And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Soccer 101, the podcast where we scratch the soccer itches you never knew you had. Today's episode is inspired by a listener question from Steve Hidalgo, who wrote to the Total Soccer Show and asked... Why do little kids walk out with players before games? What we want to know in this podcast is, who are these little kids? What business do they have escorting professional soccer players onto the field? My name's Ryan Bailey. Joining me to find out more about these youngsters and their role in the beautiful game, we have Mr. Taylor Rockwell. Hello, sir. Hello, my friend. How are you doing? I am very well indeed, Tay-Tay. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about one of those things that we see all the time and I never give a second thought to until someone asks about it. And then I realize I don't have an answer for it. Mascots in football. Here we go. There we go. And to be clear, we're talking about mascots here. I haven't actually used the word mascot in this podcast yet, although it's in the episode title. But we should be clear from this top, Tater, yes. that this is um, mascots as in small children leading the team out onto the field and not uh, grown men in silly cartoon character costumes. Yeah, no Gunnersaurus chat, no Fred the Red chat today. We're talking about uh, the little kids that come out pre-match, uh, holding hands, occasionally uh, like making faces at Joe Hart, and almost always demanding shirts or autographs from Lionel Messi. Indeed, and staring at him in awe, as you would. <laughs> um, Taylor, before we get started, uh, obvious question for you is, have you ever been a mascot at a soccer game? I never have. Uh, new. I don't think I've ever even walked onto the pitch while a game was happening or about to happen. So no pitch invasions for me, no mascots either. Yourself? Oh, juvenile pitch invasions. That's what we should call them. Mascots is too broad, isn't it? I like that. <laughs> um, I've never been a mascot, Taylor, but my brother has a good story about how he nearly was a mascot. Um, so we are Wimbledon fans and back in the day, this is, we'll find out later on as we go through this episode, but, um, mascotting has been done for quite a while and the year Taylor is 1988. My brother is nine years old. He's sitting in the stands with my dad, getting ready to watch Wimbledon. The manager, Wimbledon's manager actually came out from the tunnel and came up to my brother and said, would you like to be the mascot today? And you know what my nine year old uh, brother said at the time? Nah. No, too scared. Really? All right. I mean, well, that makes sense. I, I wish it was like he was holding out for a better opponent or something like yeah. that. But yeah, <laughs> the nerves can overtake, I guess. The nerves I can think that, that's a tricky situation when a grown man says, would you like to come and walk out in front of thousands yeah. of people who are shouting? <laughs> if you had a few days of uh, preparation for that, I can imagine my nine-year-old not wanting to do that uh, ad hoc. But um, so it's certainly been going on a while, certainly Wait, since... 19- so did he not do it? So he- y- your story about your brother doing it was that he didn't do it? Yeah. Fun story, right? Oh my goodness! And this oh is my goodness. What bear in mind. What a this twist. is uh, this is 1988. The manager who came to ask him was Bobby Gould, a legendary manager. Uh, this is the Wimbledon team that beat Liverpool in the FA Cup final. Who had Vinnie Jones, who had Dennis Wise, who had all these fantastic yeah, players. Exactly. Peak That's... Wimbledon, and he decided not to do it. He says it's one of his I'm... big life regrets. 
I'm just picturing, though, like, as he was deliberating, he looked over to players warming up, and Vinny Jones was just, like, snarling at no one in particular. <laughs> and he just thought, like, I don't, I don't need any of that in my life. I don't need to get too close to that for fear of what could happen. Yes, Vinny Jones drawing a finger across his throat as he <laughs> <Exactly>. stares out. <laughs> you got to intimidate everybody on the pitch, including the mascots. All right, Dana, so let's start off. Tell me exactly what a mascot is. We've kind of covered it already, but I want to know about, a little bit about them and uh, the history that they have mm-hmm. in the game. Yeah, it's an interesting one because even uh, in the preparation for the show, we we had to do a little bit of like deeper digging to figure out because mascots uh, in terms of this conversation are the children that go out with the players prior to the game. They stand in front of them during anthems and the like. But as you said, it has existed further back than the kind of modern version of it that we get in the Champions League or in World Cups. It seems to be international competitions that you get the 11 kids per team. So 22 kids total standing in front often with hilarious results if they're a little bit too tall. Uh, but as, as your brother's uh, story tells us, it goes back to at least the 80s in England. And I think you can see sort of the reasons for why it still exists today existing then when you had fan violence and hooligan culture and, and maybe it wasn't the most family-friendly thing. So you bring kids in, I think, to remind supporters that, hey, this is a game that kids love and are watching too. So maybe you get fewer people throwing things at players, let's say. I also have heard theories that you would have one kid in like in the tunnel and now multiple kids in the tunnel because it just keeps players on better behavior. They're less likely to get into it. That didn't stop Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane. And researching this one, I looked at that one. And there is indeed a sort of like middle school aged kid sort of standing there with an amused, bemused expression on his face as Patrick Vieira and Roy Keane get into it. So maybe they didn't quite <laughs> stop them, but it could have come to like full-on punches if, if there weren't a child there. So I'm going to say that one worked marginally well. So hang on a second, I haven't seen that footage. When Roy Keane's like shouting, I'll see you out there, it's like yep. the kid over in his sightline going, do, do you mean me? <laughs> he, he really is. It's, it's, a good, it's good work by the kid because he is up against the wall sort of w- waiting to lead out Arsenal. And he's grinning like, I can't believe this is happening right in front of me, but also <laughs> knows there are two like wild animals in front of me. I'm going to stay away from this one. So he's doing a good job of staying posted up against the wall, making himself sort of a part of the wall, but mm-hmm. also uh, in, enjoying observing the, uh, the goings on. I think that's actually a key reason of why mascots are a thing, Taylor. Because bear in mind, in most stadia, certainly European stadia, you have both teams lining up beside one another. Tempers could fray. People could be pretty pumped in that situation. There could be some Roy Keane Vieira stuff going on. And having the presence of some young kids for mm-hmm. whom you're supposed to set an example, for whom you know, you're know supposed to lead out with the captain, I think that can help to quell the... Um, potential issues that could come out in the tunnel as well and i think primarily it's it, it's a way of involving the local community in a game it's yep. certainly that that's the origins of this thing and we can talk about how it's become a commercial enterprise as well a bit later on of course on. it has yes. of course it has because soccer because soccer yep uh and I th- as you mentioned there as well i think it's it, it's an important um uh it was important certainly in the 80s and 90s when uh, soccer certainly in Europe wasn't as sanitized as it is today and to have the kids there might have brought some people in line a little bit and might have reminded everybody as you say that it should be uh, a game to be enjoyed for everybody and one other benefit I suppose Taylor certainly for a team as small as Wimbledon and for many small English sides who, had, who started off this mascot thing 
it's a way of ingraining a fan for life. If you're nine, oh, if you're sure. a nine or ten and you do that, you're going to be a fan for life. Your kids are, and so on, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially if you are a club, let's say newly promoted to the Premier League, and now you get to bring out, you get to be a ten year old brought out. Maybe you're in the academy. That seems to be an ongoing thing, or a more recent development is that, in, at least in the Premier League, some clubs make it free to be a mascot, but you have to be in the academy. So right there. Like you're walking out with one of the club legends, with the captain, whomever it may be. And I think there is going to be that strengthening of that connection. You're going to be bonded there. And as you said, so too will your family and and likely friends, except for the jealous ones who will like the other team because uh, they wanted that opportunity and didn't get it. (laughs) Yes, indeed. All right, Taylor, I think we should take a very quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk more about how you get to be a mascot, that commercial aspect that's crept in a little more. Some funny examples, some heartwarming examples. Hey, it's just the kids walking out of a tunnel. Let's talk about it more after this break. Back (laughs) shortly. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Soccer 101, welcome back. Taylor, we've been talking about mascots and how one gets to be one. We've learned that in the 80s, uh, a soccer coach can pluck children out of the stands to do this minutes before a game is about to start. Uh, It's a little more formalized these days. And as you mentioned before the break, there are many clubs where you can do it for free, uh, Mm -hmm. where you can be selected to be a mascot for free. And you don't necessarily have to be in the academy. You can be a fan. There can be uh, various routes to do it. Uh, Liverpool, Man City, Arsenal, Chelsea and Man United, according to my research, are all free. However, not all Premier League and indeed European and other teams uh, give the privilege of this experience for free. Uh, Mm -hmm. According to my research, Taylor, in 2019, Swansea became the first Premier League charge to, uh, Premier Premier League club to charge uh, for had to have mascots. Uh, If you want to be a mascot at West Ham, uh, apparently it was, or it might might still be 700 English pounds. Mm -hmm. It's a little more than that, and around 720 pounds at Everton. Um, And basically what they do is they wrap it up into a hospitality package. So your family gets to go in a box, you get a couple of kits, you get a signed shirt. And I think that's how they justify this slightly cynical commercial thing, which should be in the spirit of community and doing the right thing. But hey, it's not. I mean, hopefully you get that box of the VIP tickets. Some of them are just tickets and no kit. Some of them are just multiple kits and no ticket. So it, it definitely varies. Uh, and I do appreciate those clubs. I was surprised to see Manchester United be one of the clubs that uh, allows player or kids to do it free. I think for most of those, you have to be a junior member. Or there are certain provisions in place. But nice to see that there are still at least a few uh, who who let it be free, including some cl- clubs like, say, Brentford, who probably could use that cash influx. So credit to mm-hmm. them for not uh, jacking up the prices now that they're in the Premier League. But to, to be fair, free, Taylor, th- their stadium's literally called the Community Stadium. But it'd be pretty shocking if they didn't. 
<laughs> I mean, that would kind of go against some things, but <laughs> we've known Premier League clubs to be hypocrites at times. So yeah. it's nice to hear uh, when uh, certain ones are not. But it does seem like, yeah, if, if you want to pay that 720 pounds to, to have your child walk out for an Everton game, I, I, I hope it's worth it. And it's especially sort of, uh, disheartening in that way when you look at when it first became more ubiquitous, having the uh, the kids like the full twenty two kids come out for for the pregame festivities. Uh, to my research, that starts around the two thousand two World Cup. That's when it becomes a standard practice in World Cups and in the Champions League at least. And that at the time I think was meant to raise awareness about like children's rights and child advocacy. And and so you have kids wearing specialized jerseys. It's meant to promote messages, uh, positive messages at that. Uh, and then slowly that also gets sort of changed into more a more corporate structure. Whereas in 2014, I think McDonald's has competitions to allow people to to like like uh, submit entries to be selected, and then they're wearing McDonald's jerseys in front of all of the players. So it's moved a little bit from a, an awareness campaign. You'll still get some of that, uh, or some of it influenced by those corporate donors. But overall, it's it's a bit more uh, commercially invested at this point. Yeah, uh, fourteen hundred kids. It says who who were sent mm-hmm. to Brazil for twenty fourteen, Taylor, um, to promote the cause of burgers. <laughs> i'm sure it was like one of those really frustrating like healthy eating and healthy lifestyle campaigns sponsored by mcdonald's uh, <laughs> uh, as fake donovan McNabb says in always sunny real champions eat at mcdonald's <laughs> <laughs> wonderful stuff wonderful reference um so why don't we talk about some some good moments from mascot mm-hmm. history i mean the the most cliche is uh, and you see this a lot when there's 11 kids on the field is the cold shivering mascot who's a bit oh, nervous yeah. And it's a chilly February night being given a training jacket by a player. Little ruffle on the head. I think we've seen that always hundreds of times, Taylor. The the ruffle on the head really really makes it happen, especially when when the child is now adorably ensconced in this giant jacket, and then every single player walks by and rubs him on the head. That has to be a, a pretty a pretty happy moment for the rest of their lives. I don't know if that would work for me, Ryan. If me as an adult like walked up to Tiago Silva and started shivering, I don't know if he's going to give me his coat. Though he does strike me as a gentleman, so you if never you, know. If you hold up a sign saying Tiago, can I have your coat? Then maybe. Yeah, possibly. Did you see the video of the kid who, I think for an Everton game, runs on the pitch and gets the jersey and then is escorted off? So I guess you can be a pitch invader <laughs> if you are under 10 years old and then it's it's less pitch invading, more, I don't know, uh, adorable moments. Yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, I, think- I was I was a big fan. Did you see the Marseille one where the mascot? So that's one I think where they have only the one kid mascot and he comes out to help with kickoff. But again, I think meant to be a uh, promoting uh, like uh awareness and promoting like good like social causes and that mascot is supposed to do the ceremonial first kick and instead he dribbles it the half uh scores the goal takes the shirt off does the knee slide celebration runs up to the camera uh and gets right into it to celebrate so i like that he (laughs) seized his opportunity anytime a young mascot takes that chance i like it I think one of the most famous in the Premier League, there was a, uh, a, a, there's a very well-watched YouTube video from Chelsea Liverpool back in the day with John Terry and Steven Gerrard uh, mm-hmm. lining up in yes. the tunnel. And the mascot is a Chelsea mascot. And he he's a little more um, cavalier than my brother would have been by refusing to walk out onto the field. He's up for it, this kid. Oh, and yeah. He basically, he's, he's chatting with John Terry and then he goes, Oi, Gerrard! Puts out his hand to shake his hand. And then just as Gerard reaches out his hand, pulls it away and does the, you know, the gesture with his, with his thumb to his nose. Um, which Gerard handles very well, actually. He doesn't smile. He just sort of looks yeah. away and goes, oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I appreciate when they, like, 
And there, every now and then you can see faces of annoyance. I think there's one when like a player moves because or a kid moves because he wants to be near Zlatan, but Zlatan, I guess, has like a tradition of walking out with one of the kids, so he makes them uh, like adjust their order so he gets the kid he wants. Uh, maybe that was a fan request. I don't know, but I I, I do like when there is some gamesmanship from the mascots. <laughs> there's the one I, I referenced in the beginning of a kid. Doing the handshakes, he's there to shake every player's hand. And when it gets to Joe Hart, he does the like the thumb on the nose and yeah. waggles the finger at him. You got to get a few of those in there just to kind of play the head games early. But my favorite, Ryan, my favorite like tra- tradition that keeps happening is the kid who's maybe hit a growth spurt or is just a little bit too tall uh, compared <laughs> to the other kids. And the most f- notable one of those would be when Lorenzo Insigne comes out with the tallest possible mascot who absolutely would have been Maybe not taller than him, but almost as tall enough that you would not have been able to see Insigne's face. And so while all the other kids are in front of the Napoli players, uh, this mascot is standing next to Insigne. Insigne has his arm around him. But that happens every now and then. Even in that same game, as the camera's panning over, Lionel Messi's mascot is not much shorter than him either, though Messi lets him stand in front. Dan James had one of those when he was playing for Manchester United. So that's always a great moment when the, the mascot is taller or almost as tall as the player. Yeah, you want Ronaldo to be on his tiptoes for with a with yes. a real shameful reason, and that's one yes, of them. Of course, of good course. stuff. Um, <laughs> two of my favourite mascot instances, Taylor, don't involve children at all. Um, one I found was there was a Sao Paulo game in Brazil mm-hmm. where instead of children, they walked out with dogs. They were raising the uh, raising awareness of the plight of stray dogs in the city, uh, of which there are many. So that was a wonderful example. And also one of my favourites, which I think Man, I remember writing about back in the day. That's risky, Ryan. That Do is a so? risky one. My dogs, if I let them outside on on like freshly mowed or like uh, leaf removed grass, are going to have their have a time with it. Is how mm. I'll put it. So having a bunch of dogs on the pitch really could have gone uh, one way, and then you would have had to do some some field maintenance. Put it that way. Yeah, twenty two dogs. The chances are someone's going <laughs> to yeah. go the way that yeah. the uh, yeah. Italian ninety field did with Gary Lineker on it famously. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're quite right. You're quite right. Um, Another famous, another great example from England, Taylor. In September 2018, there was a Man City Fulham game in which Man City's two mascots were 102 and 98 years old. Uh, Vera and Olga, which is brilliant old people names. I love that a lot. Uh, they've both been going to City for 85 years. Uh, Vera apparently had raised over £23,000 for local hospitals through baking. That is a Heck of a lot of baking. Well done, Vera. Um, and they basically just commended two of City's longest serving supporters. Uh, and obviously they got a win that day as well because they were playing full on at home. Of course. Uh, so that was, that was a, a really, a really good one. I don't know if you've seen it, but, um. No, I haven't. It, it's slow progress, I'd say, coming out. Yeah. <laughs> I can I can see how that would take a second. Um, I'm trying to think, like, w- did they move faster or slower than Tim Ream? <laughs> I think uh, Pep might have been looking at his watch a couple times yeah. and on his haunches, a little anxious at that moment. But it was a very lovely moment indeed. So dogs and old people, good examples there. Yeah, yeah. but that's what it's supposed to be, right? Like, And that is, like, even if it gets corrupted a little bit, even if it becomes a McDonald's-sponsored event, it is still ultimately a way to remind the players of the community that they represent mm-hmm. because that's that's who you're playing for that's who's attending those games that's who you have to kind of foster that connection with and as you talked about when it's a kid from the community or a kid from the academy you know that that's going to create that bond but when you have uh, a bunch of kids on the pitch from your youth team or a youth team or a charity organization or whatever it may be it's 
it, number one, rewards those kids and gives them a special moment. But I think number two reminds those players what they're playing for and and how much it matters to to some people and how it's not just a an opportunity to to get paid and to be on television, but an opportunity to like give kids or supporters, however however old they may be, that opportunity and just that moment to feel. I don't know, cherished, honored for their work or for their efforts or yeah. just for being involved. And I think that's a really great way to keep people connected and grounded within their local communities. It is, Taylor. And definitely, while it's uh, amusing um, to have uh, geriatrics and dogs on the field, mm-hmm. it, it can very much be used as a force for good, the mascot process as well. And yeah, we saw yeah. this just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if you remember this, Taylor, at Villa Park. Uh, there was a nine-year-old yes, called Riley yes. Reagan who um, has autism and he wears um, ear protectors, uh, obviously very loud environment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Danny Ings was accompanying Riley out on the field, who also wore ear protection to raise mm-hmm. awareness of autism, uh, a move which was very widely praised and uh, was was very good to see, I thought. Yeah, because it's just, it's it's a very, it's that's exactly it. It's that very simple gesture that I think speaks volumes to a lot of people, to people who feel uh, like children with autism are otherized or people who have autism themselves can be otherized. And so I think to have a player just remind people that, that it, it exists, that it's a thing, but that it's a thing that's very much... Uh, like you can live with and you can adapt your life to. I just think it, it's a it's another good reminder of what it can be and why it's important. Yeah. And another very cool one. I'll, I'll give one more example, Please. Taylor, from 2018, uh, Everton versus Man City game um, at Goodison. There was a robot mascot, which was a telepresence robot with a built in camera, a speaker and a microphone, which was linked to an iPad, which allowed a 14 year old boy to virtually attend the match. He had uh, multiple health conditions, which wouldn't allow him to be on the field that day, but was using this, uh, this kind of odd white little robot, which was, I think it was Phil Jagielka, like carrying it out onto the field. And um, it, it was speaking and he had all the sensory um, information from that robot to an iPad where he was. And I thought that was a, a really wonderful use of technology and yet another way of raising awareness of these kind of things and for being inclusive of the community. I'm going to say a slightly better use of technology than the race car that brings the the ball onto the pitch for certain games. I think, yeah, yeah you could, you could use the uh, the robot to to help other uh, like like other people be able to attend games or be there uh, like in virtual person, I guess, versus an RC car driving a ball onto the pitch that's also probably sponsored by Burger King or something. I won't have little Volkswagen denigrated on this show or any other Taylor, but yes, I take your point. Little little Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who knows what kind of car is going to be in the in a World Cup in a few weeks? I hope it's another kind of Volkswagen. Yay! Uh, I'm assuming it will be powered by uh, oil and gas, but you never know. You never know. Yes, it'll be powered by good intentions, as is hey. that whole tournament, Taylor. Uh, I think that pretty much wraps up our episode on mascots. I've got one more thing to say, a suggestion for the mm. group. Um, we're doing a live show in Brooklyn, November 20th. Mm. I think we should have a mascot leader set onto the stage. What do you think? You mean Joe? Yeah, I mean Joe. <laughs> I mean, I think are we? It depends, I guess, on on how all ages we're planning to be. But maybe that would be a good reminder to you know not not go totally blue and and keep it yeah. uh, you know nice and respectable. We're not going to do that. We're definitely oh. going to uh, have some rowdy times. Yeah, or if you've got a nice dog, or you've got a hundred and two year old relative who'd like to be let out, then uh, let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll make that happen. Or a robot. 
like like a, a an amicable robot. We don't need Terminators. I don't want a Terminator <laughs> on stage. That could go a different way. RoboCop can go a different way depending on his commands. So, but like a, an amicable, friendly, uh, maybe a baking robot. Let's get that on the stage. A baking robot. There mm-hmm. we go. How have we got to baking robot from the subject of this uh, podcast? I'm That's... not quite sure. But Taylor, I very much enjoyed this conversation. I feel like I've learned a lot about mascots and their oeuvre. I hope we've answered Steve Hidalgo's question. Should we head off now? What do you say? I, I want to say that for fans of the uh, the Great British Baking Show, uh, Rahul, the the winner of I forget what season. Spoiler alert for that season. Uh, he is a person I would consider a baking machine. Uh, he might be like powered by software in how good he is at baking. So uh, credit to Rahul for being that good at baking and maybe being in our live show. You never know. Uh, credit to you, Ryan Bailey, for suggesting this topic because it was one I hadn't thought of but very much enjoyed. Thank you very much, Taylor. Now, you've, I've never seen the British baking show, but um, I understand they're all in a tent and there's like 20 ovens in there. I've yes. got one oven in my house here and the power goes off every time we switch it on. So I'm amazed how they managed to do that in a tent. That's another conversation uh, for another time. Yeah, with no central air, they're always, always very hot and pretending like they're not. But he was famous for pretending, not pretending, just assuming he was like terrible and had done a horrible job and would always be like, oh, it's awful, it's awful, it's awful. And then they would, of course, be like, this is the best thing I've ever eaten. So uh, that's what endeared him to my heart. There we go. That was Soccer 101 Mascots and Baking Special. Yep. Taylor Rockwell, thank you again for joining us here. My name's been Ryan Bailey. Listener, thank you very much for joining us on this one. We'll be back on the feed with another one very shortly. But for now, catch you later. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.